That was not the song I was gonna pick, but like, I think it goes well with the with the mood. I feel like I'm in like a Pink Panther episode. Hey, don't mess with the Pink Panther though. Do not mess <laughs> oh, with I, the Pink I don't want to bring it up because then it's no. gonna get canceled. Yeah, no. Why would they? Gonna, why are they gonna cancel the Pink Panther? Why I don't know. No, just for stupidity. I think the last one that's gonna get canceled is the Pink Panther. All right, guys, welcome back one more time to Charlie's Bunker. We made it. Okay, so I got some really cool reviews. I'm sorry, not reviews. What am I thinking? Okay, guys, disclosure one more time. Okay. So when are we gonna go get that liquor? Listen, disclosure one more time, okay? It's been a heck of a week. I'm, my brain's already out of it. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to finish this. I'm going to depend on... There you go. That's it. I'm done with the music. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to depend on Nelly Baby here to actually guide the show because honestly, I, I, I think... I think... <laughs> I think that I need a drink, okay? And going back to the first thing I was saying... We had some pretty good uh, comments, comments of eggnogs. Really? I did. I did say eggnogs. Eggnogs. Yeah, that. Yeah, some dude actually came to me on in you know on the street and said, "Listen, man, where's that pizza?" And I was like, "What the heck are you talking about? I don't have it. I don't have it." <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I don't have it." But apparently, it was somebody who listened to the show and and he liked it and he's like, "Hey, where's where's the pizza?" And I said, "I I took it home and I ate it." So we had some really good with yeah some really cool fun facts. About that. So next time we're mm-hmm. working on getting the lounge because th- we're getting that too. A lot of people want to go with us to the lounge. So, so. we're inviting a group. So are yeah. we gonna, are, are, is our host, Miss Sylvia, going to be coming? Well, give me a minute. Give me a minute. We're, see, now you're worse than hey, I am. Hey, I'm already looking for a party crew. <laughs> Listen, what are you yeah, talking you're about? Working. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that as an invitation. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So I haven't even introduced my guest first, but she's like, I'm ready. Let's get I'm this. I'm ready. Get this I, done. You Let's said a lounge? Yeah. What? <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to the show. As you can see, Nelly Baby here, my co-host, you know, like she always does. No, every every Friday I'm having an episode. Where she <laughs> just busts my chops. And today I have a very special guest. She's done a couple of segments with me in Spanish. Uh, really, really great. If you speak Spanish, go to El Bunker del Mero and listen to, to our couple of uh, segments we've done. But I would like to introduce Silvia Avila. Now, Silvia Avila, it's a psychotherapist and... and now, check out, I didn't put the emphasis on psychotherapist, but she's a psychotherapist and a forensic mental health evaluator, and she just recently got her degree or her, her certificate mm-hmm. or her diploma, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Recently. Sylvia, thank you for coming back. We're going to do this in English today. It's been a long time we spoke in English together. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. This is one of my favorite topics, actually. I love talking about depression, even though it's not an upbeat, right? It's not a happy thing, but it's a very interesting topic. It's something that I really like to talk about. So I was just about I was me. just about to say that. You're like, you're very chirpy. She's like, hey, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about depression. Everyone's like, what? So what's up with the <laughs> depression? Not depressing for me to talk about depression. <laughs> what? Again, guys, this is this is Charlie's bunker. Anything goes. Again, it's just to have a little bit of fun and also be a little bit informative. So if if this subject it's a little touchy for you, I suggest you stick around because we're gonna have a, a great set of information. And again, Sylvia is a psychotherapist, so she's gonna give us a lot of information that you know clarify our myths mm-hmm. at this point, right? Because there's a lot of myths up there. And Nelly Baby here, she's like, listen, bring this to the show, and I said, okay, cool. So <laughs> you wanna say hi to everybody else since you already busted my chops? 
Who am I going to say hi to? I said hi to Miss Sylvia already. But, she, yeah, she's the guest. But how about the listeners? Oh, okay, fine. Hey, guys, happy Friday. <laughs> right on. And we're going to proceed. Okay, so, like I said, Sylvia, it's a psychotherapist. And it's very interesting to hear that word. And I'll tell you why. Because not that I need it or needed it, not that I need it or needed it, mm-hmm. okay, needed it, but I always had the, the struggle whether to go to a therapist or not, right? Now, you say therapist, and everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Somebody who you go, if in case you're, in quotes, crazy, but it's not more normal. than that, okay? Huh? Not normal. Not normal, okay, fine. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble for using the wrong, wrong term. But I, I always thought that a psychiatrist, a therapist, and now a doctor were the same thing. And, and in, our, in, in our culture, uh, when you say, I'm, gonna go, I'm going to go to the doctor, and you think of a general doctor, they have the idea that they're also very well in the knowledge of psychiatry. Yep. So first question for you, Sylvia, what is the difference between a, th- a psychotherapist, a psychiatrist, and a general medicine doctor. I, I guess the, the last one, it's, it's more of a common sense. But the first two, explain us a little bit more on, on those two. What are they? What do they do? Okay. So let's break it apart into two fields, right? Because we're talking about two different fields. There's the medical field, right? Those are the people who study biology, who go to medical school, right? Who learn how to open up the body, right? And look at what's inside the body. So that's the bio- biology field. So in that field, you have doctors, medical doctors. These are the doctors that you go for your checkups, right? They check your blood pressure, all of that stuff. That's your doctor. Mm-hmm. And then you have your psychiatrist. It's in that field. Your psychiatrist is a medical doctor. It's a doctor who went to medical school. And they got a specialization in psychiatry. So a psychiatry is the study of mental disorders but it's more emphasized on the biology side. So they study the brain chemistry, hormone levels, right? Uh, Chemical imbalances. So they study all of that. So the emphasis in the body, it's a biology science. Now you have the mind science, social science, um, humanities, right? Social science, you have the psychology area, right? So psychologists um, are at the top. So those are people who study psychology, right? But not the biology, but just the the science of psychology that has more to do with the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the psychologists are at the top. They um, are doctor level. Uh, so they have a doctorate. So they are doctors in psychology. And then below that, you have the people who have a master's degree. A master's degree, and, though, and there you will have counselors, therapists, psychotherapists, social workers, right? Um, So those are all master level and they study counseling, they study therapy, they study mental disorders, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But more focus on the mind, yeah? Got it. Mm And, and that's that's a good explanation because, and I just learned something new today because I thought that a psychologist and a psychotherapist were the same thing. No. You just learned that too, or you just let me know that I didn't learn that now? No, I know. Uh, what was this the psychiatrist? He or she diagnoses you with your symptom, right? Yeah. So those who are able to diagnose are it doesn't matter if you're in the biology side, doctors, 
psychiatrist, they can diagnose you and they can prescribe you. Mm -hmm. They are the only ones that can prescribe medication because those are the only ones that went to medical school, right? Got it. Psychologists, again, are doctor level, right? They're at the top. They cannot prescribe medication because mm -hmm. they didn't go to medical school. Uh, I, I Counselors, got it. therapists, psychotherapists, mm -hmm. We studied therapy, we studied psychology, right? But we cannot prescribe medication no. because we're not medical doctors. And that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting because, you know, when, when I met psychologists, they were teaching and they're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I can, you know, do this and do that. And, and I was like, well, what? so how come you're not giving therapy? They're like, no, I don't, I don't like therapy. And I'm thinking, you're a psychologist, though. You know, it's like, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But now, now it makes it more clear. And... Now, now, what's interesting, I do want to add that not all psychologists are therapists. Yeah. So psychologists study psychology, but psychology is a very broad field, mm -hmm. right? You have social psychology, you have organizational psychology, you have all different types of studies of psychology. So a psychologist can be anything, right? They can, they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily therapists or psychotherapists. Interesting. So psychotherapy and therapy, it's a very specific field, right? Um, it's very specifically, they can diagnose. We can diagnose you with a mental disorder, but we cannot prescribe medication for it. I thought she was going to say, we can't, we can't diagnose you. We just don't want to, man. We just don't want to. <laughs> I, mean, it makes, I mean, if you meet somebody, it makes sense. Now, here's the thing, okay? Um, I remember that 20 years ago, if somebody said, I'm depressed, right? or I have depression, usually the first response will be suck it up or walk it off, right? So mm -hmm. in, I mean, 1800s, when this whole idea of psychology was starting to pop up and because of, you know, Sigmund Freud and whatnot, then the 1900s, when, and then even in World War II, when, uh, when uh, I think it was Peyton, that they diagnosed the PTSD, where he's like, oh, you're not, you're not, you're not crazy. You're not doing this. Go out and fight, right? And they're like, no, but I'm scared. Like, no, 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 go out there and fight. And so until now, 20 years ago, there was no such thing as depression. So now we're seeing that, that generational change where it was no depression to everybody has depression, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the media takes over that and they start throwing all these infomercials and commercials and, and, you know, pills and whatnot. So what do you think about the media selling all these types of medications to us who were, okay, first of all, in my generation, not your generation, because obviously you're younger than I am. You see how I did? You see what I did there? You see what I did there? Okay. Um, they um, they didn't actually believe in in, in my generation. They didn't believe in, in depression, or they didn't think they had depression. But millennials and on, they are like, okay, I'm depressed. I have anxiety, whatever. And now they're consuming all these pills. What do you think about society and the media selling us all this stuff? I think you know because. That, be that has become a problem now, you know, what I described before, that there's two fields. There's the medical field, right? The doctors, they went to medical school, and then there's the mind aspect, which is more the psychologist and, and therapist side, right? Very different, completely different schools, completely different studies, right? And so with depression, the issue is that it's, it's both. It's both a medical and it's a mind issue. But the problem what happened is that the medical field is obviously a little bit more advanced in the sense that it goes back way longer. People have been opening up bodies and studying the body longer than they have been studying the mind. Yeah. The psychology yeah. 
the psychology field is sort of relatively newer than the biology, right? So when depression, people started to learn about depression, what it was, and discovering how to treat it, right? The medical field came in and said, well, this is a disorder. We need to medicate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's a problem now because now we know therapists, psychotherapists, we know that it's not just the body. You can't just treat depression with medication. Depression, it's, first of all, I don't consider it a disorder. I don't consider it an illness. Um, because if we call it an illness, people are quick to go and get medication for it, but that's not gonna do anything, right? Yeah. yeah. I I have worked with many people who are depressed, right, or feel depressed. And, and I have discovered that a lot of times it's not an illness, it's not a, a, a disorder, right? But it's sort of like an adaptation mechanism. When you are going through something, your body naturally goes into a depressed state, mm-hmm. right? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with your body saying, your body and mind saying, you know what, I need a break because I just went through something very difficult. I went through a breakup. I went through a, a divorce. I just lost somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very natural that your body and mind are going to depress, right? It's sort of like a break from, from life, from yeah. the outside world. And, that sounds- and your body and your mind sort of like turns into... Right. And that's what we call depression. But it's not really an illness. Not all the time. It's an uh, illness. Yeah. Now, when I brought it to the table and I said, OK, so uh, Nelly, we were going to talk about this. You had some you, you right away. You sparked. You're like, mm, you almost stabbed me because you felt so strongly about this. But you were talking you were talking about the actual media, not the media. I'm sorry. The actual. I'm looking for words. Help me out here. What Like the. <laughs> Jesus. Pharmaceutical world? Yes. That's why I have a co-host. So in case I get, you know, again, that 1981 uh, processor, sometimes it gets a little little slow. So you need to jump in. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah. So the pharmaceutical world. Okay. We know that right now the the way things are, it's about buy, buy, buy and fix, fix, fix quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. So you you got really passionate about it and because you did study pharmacology, right? Yes. Okay, so tell us a bit more about what you experience in the pharmacology world and, and this whole deal with depression and the medicine. Well, um, basically from what I saw was uh, the pharmaceuticals have a, a certain quota that they have to fulfill. So to me, it's called like pill, pill popping or pill pushing, where basically if a new pill comes out, I want I want to go advertise it. So what is the closest place I want to go advertise? Your, your hospitals, you know pharmacy, uh, see where you can actually pill push this new pill so I could get my quota for that month. Mm. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. That is very worrisome. Yeah, no, and, and I, I've witnessed it myself, guys, so that's why I, I wanted to bring it up because I, it's not just me making this up. It, I've actually seen... And I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I did enjoy a couple of reps coming in. Like, hey, you want some lunch? No, and, like, and, hey, the, yeah, and, I want and that's some lunch. how they got. They get the doctors. That's they how they get you. They say, oh, so guess what? I'm coming. A reps coming. They're gonna sh- uh, advertise pill placebo number one. And guess what? I'm gonna give you a couple of a uh, hundred capsules here, and just dist- distribute it to any of your patients that you think that might need it. 
Yeah, yeah, no, and but they brought lobster though. I did enjoy the lobster. But yet the medication that, that is they had. Did you see how concerning that is? Right? Yeah, it is. It is because like they're they're abusing us. They're abusing people. They is, they, they are they are us. usually they they're just like kind of using food. But it was lobster. Also money <laughs> because certain physicians that they push this medication actually get a quota of whatever medication they're given. Are you gonna uh, are you gonna deny a lobster? Uh yeah. Mm. I mean I guess I I ate it. I felt bad. I was ashamed, but I ate it. It was good. It was good. It was good. But anyways. And you send your life away too, right? I mean, <laughs> when don't I? I mean, this lobster. when don't I? Anyways. <laughs> I mean, come on. You've known me. Okay. So now the, the, the medicine, obviously, we, we touch a little bit on that, okay? We're going to touch a little more later on, on the second, on the other segments. And I wanted to get this, this whole idea of what we're going to talk about, okay? But one of the things also is that a lot of people don't consider psychotherapy. Because again, not like me, I don't, I didn't know what psychotherapy was until I was obligated, in quotes, to take it, which I didn't take. Haha, <laughs> in your faces. But <laughs> tell us more about psychotherapy. What, what does it consist of, Sylvia? So psychotherapists, you know, we go, we have a master's degree, right? And we study how to do therapy. We study how to observe the mind, right? And how to treat any trauma. Any trauma, you know, people get scared and there's all kinds of stigma around all these psychology works, right? That people associate like a negative thing with it, right? When I talk about trauma, people think that that's a bad thing, that that's, that's all, that's, it's something wrong with me or, you know, I'm defective, I'm, you know, I'm not working properly, I'm crazy, right? So it's something... You know, we all go, we are all in this life. Like, we all go through stuff. Like, nobody goes through life with, like, no trauma. Like, we all have our stuff, right? It's just natural. That's just how life is. Don't be scared. Like, that's what I tell people. Don't be scared by that word, right? And even with depression, like, I assure you 99% of people, I'm probably sure 100% of people have gone through some periods of depression. Why? Because, like I said before, I see depression as a, an adaptation, right? It's your body trying to cope with things, trying to adapt to life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of stigma around psychotherapy. That's the first thing. People think that if you go to a therapist, something's wrong with you, you're crazy, you're abnormal, right? So that is a big problem. That is why people don't go to it. And there is less stigma to go to a doctor, right? People don't get judged or called crazy for going to the doctor and get medication. But they do get stigmatized and, and people have a lot of self-judgment and self-criticism, you know, when they need to go to a therapist, right? Because there's just a lot of stigma around to it, right? And yeah. when you go to a psychotherapist session, all, you know, what you do is you study your mind. You study what's, what's in your thoughts, you know? What have you learned about life throughout, you know, your upbringing? A lot of things you learned during your childhood, your parents the way they treated you, you know, the things in your life that you have been through. We make uh, patterns in our mind. We make, we learn lessons, right? Mm -hmm. We make conclusions. If something happens to me, right, I'm going to learn something from it. I'm going to conclude something from it, right? That's how our mind works. We yes. say, if A, B, and C, then D, E, F, right? Our mind is just going to try to make sense of things. And so through life, we 
we, we sort of have these rules or laws for life, right? We, with these beliefs and these values that we develop through life. So when you go to a psychotherapist, you're gonna study that. You're gonna see what your values are, what your life lessons that you have learned, right? Um, what events in your life have had an impact what your parents taught you, what was your upbringing like, right? So we're gonna study your mind what's in there. And, and based on that, we're gonna decide, you know, there's a lot of thoughts in my mind that are bringing me negativity, that are bringing me negative energy, that are not serving me well for the things that I want. And so we slowly work through those thoughts, through those values, through those lessons. And if there's any traumas, you know, and uh, when I say trauma, again, it's an experience. So a trauma is an experience that you went through that sort of left a mark in mm -hmm. you, you know, whether that mark is positive or negative or neutral, we're gonna study that mark. What did this experience left in your, in your mind? So if it's something that is painful, we're gonna address the pain, we're gonna heal it. Um, so that's, that's what a psychotherapist does. And, and it's okay. interesting because um, I noticed that I say it's interested a lot because I do find it interested a lot. <laughs> um, it's interesting because I always thought about this, right? When I'm, you know, watching TV or pretty much I'm doing anything to distract myself from doing something that it's actually productive. And um, and one of the things that I always thought is it's okay. So if if I generation in in Mexico, right, uh, you had uh, alcoholism, you had domestic violence, you had mm -hmm. physical abuse, you have. Uh, that you had mental abuse in, in whatever perspective that is. And I people are, in, in quotes, right? Again, this is in quotes because I, I don't know how, what they're doing in, internally and mentally, but they seem fine, right? And now mm -hmm. this generation nowadays, uh, you take away their iPod or iPad or their Nintendo Switch, and they're freaking out, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking it's interesting because back in my days, if if – you know, if there was a day where I didn't get smacked or, or ridiculed or just put down, I was like, it, it, it's a good day. I didn't have to pull up my AK-47, right? Yeah. But um, but nowadays, it's it's very relative, if I if I may say so. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree that if it's um, the the tolerance that we had in based on, on what you said about the experiences and the ideas and what you create and the interpretation that you give to that event in your life? Do you think we're becoming a little bit more sensitive nowadays because the exposure it's not as 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 strong as it was back in in our in our days or is it just here in a first world country where you know things are not as bad as they used to be back in home? What do you think, Nelly? Maybe I gotta stop doing that pause too. <laughs> I'm like what? <laughs> what? I don't know. How to, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like it was a lot easier back in the day like 90s wise on my behalf because you know i was you know i was i mean you literally lived in a place where like everybody used to get shot just crossing the street but it wasn't like that though yes dr drive-bys and shootings and stabbing okay you make it sound so bad but i'm saying <laughs> i mean but you compared it to well, it's bad, but still, what's going on now? Like you said, if I take your Nintendo Nintendo Switch away, or your or your tablet away, or your electronics away, you start whining and saying you hate me. I you know. don't say that. My kid does. Oh, okay. But I was about to say that. I don't say that. 
you can't take away my stuff. I'm an adult. But it was totally different around our time or my time where we were outside till the lights went down. You know, we went outside, played games, and and you know, did board games. But people got shot. That was after five. Okay, okay? fine. After five, right? On. <laughs> what do you What do you think, Sylvia? I mean, do you think we're becoming a little bit less less tolerant, or is it just the perspective that the person has of what the experiences they're going through? Uh, well, okay. So one thing that is changing is the information is more available, mm -hmm. right? So that's one thing. I think that we as humans, we're not changing in terms of are we more sensitive now or more delicate or more weak emotionally. No, I don't think in that sense we are changing. I think what is changing is that there is more information available about mental health, mm -hmm. about mental disorders, about treatments, you know, about symptoms. So in general, there is more information, which means that people will talk about it more, right? Yes, so okay. right now, you will hear more young, gen younger generations talk about mental health and mental disorders and mental illness, right? They will talk more about it because they have learned more about it because there's mm -hmm. more information about it. Now, before, I don't think that before we were stronger or, you know, we didn't get sick or we didn't have any mental health issues. We did have them. We just didn't talk about them. No, I because think there was just... no information about it. And yeah. it was severely stigmatized and there was no one to talk about it with. Right. So what a lot of people, what they did, they just repressed. Yep. They just repress those issues, pretend everything is okay and continue and move forward and continue living your life. But that doesn't mean that those issues weren't there. No, they were just brushed under the rug. I mean, exactly. I remember one day I told yeah. somebody, I was like, hey, man, I think I'm depressed. They're like, that's nice. <laughs> and I go, that, yeah, you know, that sounds pretty nice too. So then I just let it go. All right, guys, <laughs> one more question before we go to the break. Um, why do people, and you did mention that about the judgment, but I think it's a bit more than that. Why do you think people are hesitant, I think I'm using the right word, mm -hmm. on seeking therapy? Because I've so, noticed that a lot of people are like, no, I'm good. I can do this on my I own. I talk about the judgment, right? Like yeah. I talk already about the negativity, the judgment, the stigma about that. That's one thing. That's a big aspect, aspect to it. Another aspect is the financial. This is not mm -hmm. the critical part, right? The financial aspect does have an impact because people think they have the idea, I can't afford it. It's too expensive. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a false idea, right? Um, money, there is money, right? And and there's always available for you, right? So, Interesting. However, in, there's always, that's always available, right? And that's an issue that people make up in their minds to not go. That's resistant. Because that is true. So the real reason why people don't go is because it is uncomfortable. It is. It's not pleasant. <laughs> To go to somebody that you don't know and open up your most painful, uncomfortable, embarrassing, shameful experiences. Like, who wants to do that? It's difficult. Like, it's not easy to do that. So, obviously, it's going to take a lot of courage, bravery to say, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to confront my pain. I'm going to confront my emotional difficulties, right? It takes a lot of courage it to takes do a that, lot. you know, and and so, unfortunately, it takes until the person is not cannot really go on any longer to do yeah. it. So they wait until the very last minute until it's just not possible to go on, right? Why? Because because it is uncomfortable. It is mm -hmm. painful. 
it is shameful, right? It's not easy. So I do understand that people have resistance mm. to going to therapy, you know, but I think it's very important that that we understand that we all go through the same thing. Like it's there's nothing unhuman about depression. There's nothing abnormal about depression and trauma, right? We all have it. We have go, all gone through it. Like it's it's perfectly okay, you know, the same way that people feel about going to the doctor, their gynecologist, their optometrist, their, you know, whatever doctor they, they had, the specialist, they should feel the same way about going to the therapist, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. we all have eyes, we all have the same body parts, right? In the same way, we all have this, you know, mind, our mind functions in similar ways. You know, we all go yeah. through experiences. We it's, it's all part of being human. Yeah, or, or just open up a podcast. Yeah, you know, invite just, a, a psychotherapist and just have a free session. I mean, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna go to some music, uh, and we'll be back after this. All right, all right. Uh, don't you guys go away. You guys are stuck with me for about an hour or so. I got it. <laughs> and we're back. All right. Listen, guys. Um, we're, that was just the ice, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. It's gonna get a little bit more interesting after this. Uh, one thing I did forget out of the many things that I forgot to do, <laughs> because, you know, again, slow, old brain. But um, one of the quotes that um, Sylvia, because she did, she, she has a blog. Tell us about your blog a little bit, because that's, that's where I got the actual information. So tell us about your blog, Sylvia. Uh, so I have a blog on my website. You know, I like to write about just mental health um, and just thoughts I have about depression, anxiety, PTSD, and where's what's the do you have the uh, information available with you or the uh, my website? Yeah, where would they go and, just, and check uh, it out? It's my name, SylviaAvila.com. Awesome. Mm. And one of the things that actually she quoted on her blog, it's and I quote: "Depression is not an illness. Depression is a set of signals that we call symptoms that we prompted that prompt you, guide you, and give you information that needs need at the precise time that you need it." That that caught my attention uh, because in in the podcast in Spanish, El, El Bunker del Mero, I was I'm gonna stop, but I was doing the I was studying the um, the book Think and Grow Rich. Now I like that book in particular because Think and Grow Rich it gives you the idea, not how to make not how to be rich. Okay, it gives you the discipline and change the mentality to have certain certain um, behaviors to actually achieve what you want to achieve, which is very interesting. It was written in 1917. It was a great book. I love it. Or probably 1927. Again, one of those years, two years. That was two years. It was under seven. That's that's what I know. But one of the things that he was talking about is how to change your mind, okay? How to how to program your mind. And I did say that. I give two, two common examples there. It, it was the classical conditioning. Again, I'm not an expert in, in that, but I did read about it a little bit and did the research. So it, I think it was fairly done, and also the cognitive behavior, which is another aspect of of how to train your mind. Um, But it doesn't touch about depression. And I I think, personally, depression is is just a point of view in in the sense of the way you think that stops you from doing a lot of things that you want to do, like like Sylvia said in the previous one, experiences and and the way you see things. But there's two types of depression. And, And this one hits a little bit of a nerve because sometimes when they say, you know, I'm depressed, and they think it's it's a long time depression, and you know they want to go and see the doctor, and they're like, oh, woo me, you know, woe my soul. But I want you to explain, Sylvia, 
what are the two different types of, of depression? I think I know one of them is, is um, situational and the other one is clinical. What is the difference between the two? Yeah. So in terms of, in, instead of thinking about it in like two different types, let's think about it in levels of intensity, right? So if you have read Think and Grow Rich, right, what is the main premise of it? And a lot of philosophy and books out there that, are, that tell you that everything starts with the mind, that everything starts with the thought. So that's, that's the level of study, right? That's a field of study that tells you whatever you think you're going to express in real life, right? Mm -hmm. So if you believe in that, then I want you to think about depression in terms that it starts in the mind. So mm -hmm. depression starts in the mind, right? And then it gets to the body. So it expresses itself in, in physicality, in, in your physical body. So... There's not that it's two, two different kinds of depression, but it, there is the depression that it, that exists in your mind, right? That has to do with your thoughts, with your emotional trauma, right? With your beliefs, right? That is sort of like the first level I think of it because the most people experience, it's situational, right? Maybe you're going through something difficult, so you feel depressed, you feel... Uh, those symptoms, right? And then if you don't do anything, if you don't treat it, if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't seek help, if you don't talk to anyone about it, then it's going to get more severe. It's going to get stronger. And then when I say more severe, what happens is that it gets to your body, right? So we go from the mind to the body, um, from thoughts to expressing in real life in physicality so that's how i see it right so depression exists first in the mind and then if you don't care for yourself if you don't take care of it it's gonna get to your body and when it gets to your body it's when it starts affecting the neurochemistry of the brain the hormonal levels right so then it's gonna start to impact and affect your body so on that level, when depression is that severe or it's that intense, that is when medication is necessary, right? Because it's very hard, very difficult to come out of a depression when it already it's started impacting your body. So it's affecting the neurochemistry of the brain. That's when medication is very useful and should be taken so that it helps you reorganize your brain, right? Reorganize the, the neurochemistry, right? And, and you get that push so that you're able to address then the mind, right? Whatever thoughts you need to uh, heal or traumas you need to heal on your mind so that you can come out of the depression. Yes, and that's interesting you're saying that because I remember that I, because of um, the whole podcast thing, I, I decided to, to go into a little bit more detail because, I mean, I don't know if, obviously you don't know, duh. Again, I'm having a conversation in my head already, <laughs> myself. I think I do need therapy. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think I do need therapy. I'm already talking to myself. I have three people, and I'm already talking to myself. Jesus. Um, I had to go to this, this um, what's the word? Uh, not seminar. It's not a seminar. Not a summit. That was before I had to go to the seminar. <laughs> um, no, I had to go to this this event. It was a three day event, and there it was. Um, it's called Landmark. And I've talked about Landmark before in other in other shows, and it was a really good experience. I'll give you that because 
they they pretty much did a, a whole session of therapy in three days for it was 13 hours a day in three days it was crazy but they give you the definition of life at the end and it's like the monty python definition it's actually the definition of life and it was really interesting but one of the things that they actually did work on it's how to how to how to think right how to maneuver it how to how to um pretty much modify what you're thinking at that moment so you can actually come with the positive positive outcome now when people saw me after that they were like okay either this guy is really sick and he's dying or he's straight up mad you know a higher entity that actually ch changes life. You remember that? Yeah, that that was a a lot. That was a lot. That Why, was, a when lot. was it a lot though? It was nice. I changed. You you changed, but it was just a too emotionally and just mentally it was just too much for me see, it was why, an overload see that's why i can't change because of people like you no, not me no support and no support i'm there to support you but for, for myself it was just a little too much for me well anyway so that i'm gonna live nelly baby because obviously this is this is the type of friends that i have where they're like yeah you're eh, mm. but anyways uh, <laughs> that's um, a lie <laughs> she's the only one doing this with me and i'm like throwing her under <laughs> the bus but the, the, the thing is this okay it is possible. It is possible to change the way you think. And it, it did take me a lot to get there. Actually, I didn't even pay for it. People actually paid for me to go there. <laughs> that was messed up. I was like, it's like, hey, man, it's 600 bucks. You should well, consider it. it was, uh, it's called Landmark. It was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, forum. Uh, there you go, a forum. Like a retreat? Or? No, it was, a, it was not a retreat. It was a forum. And pretty much there they, they, they practice and they taught how to do the neuroscience way of uh, of changing your your thinking process okay now I, the only reason why I went is because one I wanted to actually know what this was about because seriously mm -hmm. I got curious I was like wait a minute this sounds interesting and two because it was free they pay for it I was like hey man I mean, they're not gonna pay 600 bucks for you to go and just and then three I get to just leave my family for three days and did you, you get know. free food like no I didn't get free food but <laughs> But no, knowing you, lobster. Lobster. the lobster, yeah, the lobster. <laughs> but it was pretty good. Uh, I, I did obviously they recommend it because they changed for me. But the the reason why I'm saying this is because if it was really hard, it was really hard to actually change the way you have to think, the the way to to manage how to change that and that negative aspect because they have those negative bias, right? And automatically people just go into the negative bias and they start what I call spiraling down from there. Mm -hmm. And and just thinking on bringing yourself back from that, it, it was really hard. It was really hard. But have you seen in your in your sessions, uh, Silvia, how people actually do have that physical struggle and, and, and how they're able to bring themselves up from that and the success stories of these therapies and, and obviously the two, well, the, the deeper levels of, of depression? Yeah. Yeah, so... Like I say, yeah, there's different levels. There's levels of intensity, right? Um, when when people say I'm depressed, you know, a lot of times, the majority of the times, it's a situational period of sadness, being sad. There was a loss. They're grieving, mm -hmm. uh, you know, completely okay, completely normal, right? The next level, you know, sometimes it's very difficult to come out of depression because you create those thoughts and beliefs about your worth. As, as a person based on experiences that you've had on the way that you perceive that people have treated you, your interaction with the world, with those important figures in your life, right? So it creates that this internal belief that I may be worth less than someone else, right? Or 
I'm not as valuable, I'm not as complete, I'm not whole, I'm not important, right? A lot of times those thoughts get into the unconscious. So a lot of times we're not even aware that that's what we believe, right? So mm -hmm. our mind, it's very interesting. Our mind is very complex, right? So mm -hmm. we have the conscious mind. The conscious mind is those thoughts that we are aware of. And then there's the unconscious mind. So it's sort of like your mind protects you from your own thoughts that could be harmful, right? So if you have some, some thoughts that are negative and harmful, your mind is gonna try to protect you from those and so puts them in the unconscious. And so then you feel depressed, but you don't know why. And it's mm -hmm. really difficult to come out of it because you don't know that you have those unconscious thoughts. So when you go to therapy, those are the kinds of things that we work on, right? We try to come, try to bring out those thoughts so that we can address them and address that pain. Yeah, so it's... it really depends on the person, right? In what level of depression they are, right? If they are in the they're still in the situational right it's a period it's a phase right um, they have a difficult situation or they really have just had a really difficult life and maybe have some unconscious thoughts that they're not even aware of right and then going deeper and deeper into that again the more severe is when those unconscious thoughts are so harmful and unconscious that they start to become real and they start affecting your body and your brain. And so I see that as the more severe. Nah, yeah, that's that's actually pretty good. That's one of the things that they used to talk in, in the forum, um, that the, the things you know that you don't know. That's, mm -hmm. I was like, what the heck is that? I mean, I know that I don't know everything, and then it turns <laughs> out that I didn't know that I didn't know anything. I was like, what the heck? That really just like, whoa, that shocked me. But you keep talking about the mind. And actually, this is one of the things that that um, that when I used to take when I took psychology, I, um, again, for my work purposes, I had to do it. But uh, the doc, the doctor, the psychologist said, "The mind, the mind, the mind." And then he just went in to say, "Listen, there is no mind." That was like, "What? Hold on, wait, what?" So <laughs> it's like there is no mind because one, you cannot know, you don't know where it is. So then he went into a whole three weeks of. What not? What is not the mind, right? Mm -hmm. So then I got all confused. Obviously, come on, guys, it's me. And I want to. I want to ask you, what do you think? It's the mind. That's that's one of the questions that he asked, and I still wonder what is the mind and where is the mind. So I, the mind is our conscious, our being awareness, our sense of self, right? So when we have our eyes open, right? If you have your eyes open, you can see the world. You can see. You can hear. You can touch. That's the physical world that we perceive, right? If you close your eyes, you don't see anything, right? But you still exist. That's true. You, mm -hmm. you still have some dialogue. You still have thoughts. You still, you know, talk to yourself. You were saying earlier, talking to yourself is not a bad thing. It's not a, it's not a, a wrong thing. It doesn't say that it's, it's really good. Like we should be talking to ourselves. We should be having an internal dialogue, right? So when you close your eyes to the world, to the outside world, and you turn into your internal world, there's a whole world out, out internally, mm -hmm. right? You have thoughts, you have feelings, right? You have ideas, mm -hmm. you have emotions, right? There's a whole level of existence that we cannot see, we can't hear, and we can't touch, but it still exists. So we cannot deny that it exists. And that's, that's what I call the mind. 
because we cannot see it, we can't hear it, we don't know what it is, but it still exists. Well, my so mind is very a level of existence, a level of awareness. My mind is very stubborn because it keeps arguing with me, and then I open up my eyes, and then you have Nelly Baby here arguing with me too. So I can't, I can't get away. Your mind is just rushed. You're yeah. just an expressway. Really? In your brain. Yeah, I'm always in a hurry, right? Yeah. 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 All the time. I mean, you got you got you got to do what you got to do, man. You just got to go. <laughs> got to go. Got to go. I got, got no time for this. But yeah, no. That's I, a really interesting thing. I want you to think about it because, right? There's we always when we have an internal dialogue. There's always two entities, right? If there's a dialogue, there has to be two entities. Okay, explain that a little there's bit. There's one. So, if you're arguing with yourself, right? Most of the time, our internal dialogue. If you observe, if you close your eyes. Right, and you observe your internal dialogue, which means that you're observing your own thoughts. You separate from them, right? And then you, when you observe your thoughts, then now you have two entities. You uh-huh. have the the thought, uh-huh. and you have the observer of mm-hmm. the thought. Uh-huh. So that's two entities, right? Yeah. So which one is you? Which one are you? You are always the observer. Mm-hmm. Really? And your thoughts, you're always the observer, and your thoughts, right, it's the compilation of everything about you, your real world, your internal world, your experiences, the things that you have internalized from other people, from life, right? So that is sort of like the running train that carries everything in your life, and you are the observer of that train. So you are the conscious awareness of that train. And the train is the collection of everything in your life that has happened to you, all your experiences, all your interpretations of those experiences, right? I have never but seen it that way. if you become really aware of your thoughts, if you, if you work on developing that entity, the observer, when you do that, then you're going to really understand the concept of you create your own reality. That's interesting. See, I, I, I never saw it that way. I always thought it was the chess mentality that it would allow me to, uh, you know, see things, predict things, and avoid problems before they become a problem. And I've, I've never thought about it that way. What do you think? It's basically what she said. You're the observer. and well, No, but don't point at me. Point at you. You. She already did me. No, you... you oh. You do you. No, I have a lot of issues. The Pandora box <laughs> cannot be open right now. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, guys. I tried. I tried. Somebody paid me. He's like, hey, listen, pay her some money so she can open up. No, no. I'm not going to say it was a boyfriend. You, you really, I'm just gonna, I'm you just really say, want to put me in a corner where I'm like clutching on my knees and crying, right? <laughs> no, no. Somebody paid me for me to do that. I didn't. I didn't I'm not going to say it was your boyfriend. All I'm going to say is somebody paid me, all right? Because, I mean, I, hey, listen. I just got the money. I just got the lobster. I got the money. I see. I, I, I see. Listen. You're easily bought. Not easily. Mm. There is a price. There is a price. Easily bought. There Coffee. Coffee. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to close this segment for a little bit. We're going to listen to some more music. But I want to close with this, okay? Um, this is actually another one of the, of the quotes from her blog that I really liked. And it says, instead of suppressing or numbing them with medication, we need to pay attention and discover why these signals are coming up in the first place. All right? The next segment we're going to talk about, it's pretty much that. It's going to be the medicine, Medicine. how it has failed us. All right. So we're going to go listen to some music and we'll be back after this. 
All right, guys, we're back. Third segment. Listen, um, this is gonna get a little bit uh, a little iffy because there's some gonna be some some things that we might agree or disagree. Who knows? We don't know. I don't know. But anyways, uh, medicine, the medicine for depression. I myself, uh, I'm, a, I'm a person that believes that medicine has to be the last resort. If we can avoid it, even better. Uh, I don't I don't agree with the side effects. I don't, there was a couple of times where I heard uh, because of patients that I've seen that they said either you want to lose your sexual appetite or you want to gain 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. If I were in that position, I wouldn't take any of them. I, straight up, that, that, that was me. I'm working too much to lose the, the 10 pounds that I have extra and then for me to take something like that and gain 50 pounds, no. And then the other one, obviously, no. Anyways, <laughs> one of the things that in the blog it says, it's this. Medicine has over-medicated us and it has and has told us we need to suppress, manage, or control our emotions. Tell me, Sylvia, what is it that we need to control in that sort of way and take all those risks with the side effects of our emotions? Why is that? Yeah. You know, and everything that I talked about, the mind, right, and how it has a role in, in our emotions and how we feel. And I've already said, you know, depression I don't believe it's a disorder. It's not an illness, not all the time, right? It can be when it gets to that level where it's affecting the body. So a lot of times what happens is that people are prescribed medication for depression. And so what if that person doesn't really have depression to that level that it's affecting their body, right? What if it's still in the top level where it's it's just mind and thoughts, mm -hmm. right? It's just existing in the mind. It's just the emotions, right? And I was arguing that depression on that level, it has a place and it has a role. You're experiencing depression. There is a reason for it. There's a purpose to it. Um, a lot of times, you know, our bodies and our minds, it's telling us you need a break. You need to heal from this. You need to grieve from this experience, right? And so we need to slow down slow things down and sometimes that, that's what depression is it's a signal that we need to slow down that we need to turn inwards and explore what's inside right mm -hmm. and imagine if that's what you need to do but you don't know this and you just go to the doctor and get medication right the medication is going to completely dysregulate you even more mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna numb your emotions right it's gonna sort of create this this false feeling of, of I'm good, I'm good, right? It's, it's going to give you a little energy so that you can, you know, get up and go to work, but it's not really addressing what's going on in the mind. There is no way medication can address what's in the mind because those are completely different things, right? There's mm -hmm. a different field. So when a person is at the top level of depression, right, when it's not affecting the body, it's just in the mind, and they go and take medication, it's not going to help them at all. It's going to make things worse. It's just going to delay their healing because it's just sort of like hiding. It's sort of like putting it under the rug. It's masking it. It's masking. It's like putting a blanket over the depression yeah, and then moving true. on. What's going to happen? It's not going to go away. It's always, it's always going to be there. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Right? It's like covering, it's taking care of an infection with Tylenol. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. It's putting a Band-Aid on it, yeah. right? It's putting a Band-Aid on it and then just pretending it's okay. 
Now, do you think so, it's because we, sorry to cut you off, but do you think it's because we're in, a, we're in times where you just want a quick fix in quotes, you know, it's, yeah, it's we're so used to, yeah, I don't have the time to go to therapy. I don't have the time to go and, and go into my psyche and find out about all the things that I've have gone through. Mm-hmm. Just give me a couple of pills, pop them on, and I just go on my fine. way. And yeah. that is dangerous. If that is the it case, is. that is extremely dangerous. What do you think? Um, well, in my, in my form of thought, well, I really don't, I don't use them medication wise. Um, do you think I do holistic? Um, okay. What's holistic? The natural ah, got it. Okay. herbs, okay. Okay. vitamins, because okay. they say certain vitamins help with depression. Do not really. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I go that sort of route. Um, yoga. I haven't done yoga in a while, but I think I'm, I need to get back to it. But I do other routes, not just medications. That's, that's one of the things I fear because, like you said, it's a numbing sensation. Mm-hmm. And coming from mm-hmm. a experienced background from, you know, family members of um, my family has a long line of depression, anxiety, you know, um, schizophrenia. And mm-hmm. that that's what scares me because I've seen it. I've been on the background where. Uh, medication is the first thing that they want to throw at you, and then you see your your family member go through that clouded mind, that that being out of to me, them not being how to explain it, them being the shell of a person that they used to be. Yeah, yeah, that that's and, hard. and you know what's even more scary that psychiatry psychotropic medication it's it's pretty much a guess. You think that doctors will will know exactly what kind of medication, the doses you're going to need. Mm-hmm. They don't know no. what they're doing. It's basically they're just guessing. Yeah. They're, they're just guessing. Like, let's try this. And if it doesn't work, let's try something. Else. So they're just throwing dar- darts in the dark. Yeah, and that's, that's that's actually true because, again, by experience, I've noticed that sometimes like, oh, we're going to start you with five, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Not, not go from there. Because I don't know what what side effects are gonna have to my liver, my kidneys, or you Let's know, see my how heart. This feels or how yeah. does it go? No, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's hard. So I know what's important. I know that I'm saying that we have to be really careful with medication, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying all the uh, I'm sort of advocating for for people to to not get medicated right away. However, I do want to say that medication does have its place, because I do have on the other hand. I have worked with clients where I have recommended that they get prescribed medication because I know that their depression is at that level mm-hmm. where it's going to be really difficult to come out of it without the medication because it's already affecting their body. And so no matter how much therapy they get, no matter how much they uncover their their you know their mind and their traumas and no matter how much they try to heal themselves, it's not going to be it's just going to be extremely difficult because the, the depression is at that level where it's in their body, it's in the chemistry of the brain, and they do need medication. And so I do have that where people say, well, I don't I don't want to get in medication. I don't want to get addicted. I don't want to use a drug, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's also another problem because then it's, 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 it's sad because it's just going to be very difficult for that person when they are at that level to come out of it by their own without medication. So medication does have a place. Now, what do you think about, again, the, the commercials? And I know I mentioned this before, but the commercials, they use they use certain words. And and because of my profession, I I know how to manipulate a word for them to get the, the right idea of what I'm talking about. But 
I know that that also TV and commercials they target those ideas, so you can go and and just automatically go and get those 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 uh, those medications. Now, how how is it that do you think? Sorry, do you think that the majority of people that actually do not need medication are going to get medication also because of the uh, the, the the triggers or the flags that they get in their head and they just go and just pop the pills? Do you think that's a, a big a big major problem or a big factor when it comes to getting medication from someone who's yeah. not trained? Is, is that what you're seeing yeah. too? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the, the way that depression is labeled as a, as a disorder, as an illness, right? And when people think illness, oh, well, then I need medication, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that's a big problem. That's a big problem because that's the first thing people will do. And so I think the lack of information about what depression really is, right? If people knew or had more information about what depression is, what it entails, the role of the mind, the role of therapy, of psychotherapy, right? I think that should be the first step. The first step should be psychotherapy, should be therapy, because depression starts in the mind. It, depression does not start in the body. Depression starts in the mind, then it goes to the body. Mm -hmm. So if it starts in the mind, then we should go to a therapist, psychotherapist, counselor first, and then go from there. So why do you think that that therapists like yourself don't don't actually have more, let's say, commercials or commercialize your branch more versus the actual? Obviously, the money because they have a lot mm -hmm. more money that that you guys have. But I don't usually see a lot of therapists coming together and say, listen, let's just expose this or in a group of Facebook. Because, I mean, I get books on Facebook about anime, chess, mm -hmm. uh, anything else, but not psychotherapy. And I'm very interested in those things because I like to learn about that. But I don't see it as published as, as, as much as any other, any other you know, way of treating depression. Why is that? I mean, I think it's just because of history, you know, and obviously pharmaceuticals are going to have a lot more budget for advertising, oh, yeah. right? And they're going to have, you know, they're going to want to sell the medication. They want to want to have people on medication, right? And and with that, it's like people want to be there on medication for a long time, right? They shouldn't take it for short term. So that is a long term kind of thing. And so obviously they're going to spend a lot of money in putting that information out there and saying, oh, this is the solution, this is the cure. And the more that they push depression as, uh, as an illness, the more that they're going to sell medication for it. Because even on Facebook, when I'm on Facebook wasting time, I just you know, a couple of times see friends of mine or, or whoever just listens to the show and said, listen, I've been feeling this way, blah, blah, blah. And then you see a bunch of comments saying, "Oh, you gotta try this. You gotta try that. You gotta hear it." And and usually the information that you get from those from the sites, obviously social media, it's not a very reliable site, you know, site or source, but it's there. The information is there, whether it's reliable or not. People are gonna are gonna bite into it. So why is it that I don't I don't see a lot of therapists doing that? Just just opening up a group and just having information there so they can get the right information and just direct them in a different way. I don't I mean I think there is there is I mean I think the, there is we just have to look for it mm -hmm. you know and, and and therapists I mean our job is going to be to work with people and to treat people so we're going to be working with those that reach out to us right so a lot of times you're right like maybe we're not putting enough enough information out there to be able to reach everybody and and I think it's 
Well, not not the group thing, but I think it's um, it's crucial for us as also people who are just in the common ground to you know like hey listen you know I I think this helped me just to open up a little bit more in Facebook and social media you pretty much tell everything yeah with the exception of some things which it's easier for you to post about something about sex than mental illness which is or, or depression or whatnot which is it's outstanding to me but anyways yeah but. Let's say, for example, if somebody experienced something like depression, right, in this, like the topic in this case, I, I, in my days when, when, you know, when I was younger, if I would have had any problem like that, I wouldn't, honestly, I would have not done it. But now that I'm more aware, and if I would have had depression, I'm more aware, and I would say, listen, you know what, this helped me. I, I believe that therapy will be the first step. Uh, if I need medication, I'll probably take some medication. Why don't you just check it out and and encourage people to just go that way? I mean, I think we can also help in that sense. It's not pharmaceutical companies, and I hope they don't listen to and I don't get sued. But um, <laughs> pharmaceutical companies, they they're they're very greedy. They're very greedy, and we know that they put money into everything so they can sell their product. Oh yeah, and that's horrible. The latest celebrity advertising it. Who was it? Yeah. No, just any, any whatever celebrity is popular at the moment. Oh, I'm going di- to diagnose myself with depression. Here's a, a million dollars. Promote this drug. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I took the lobster. I took the lobster. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I did take the lobster, you know, yeah. but it was just the lobster. I didn't take millions. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I will take millions. You just bought lobster by the pound, huh? You just ne- ate it by the pound. Yeah. Next week we'll be like, so loft, you know, the bright sponsor of so loft. Yeah, that's going to be. You're so yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Here's your lobster. <laughs> One of the questions that I th- it, it was brought to the show is medical marijuana. That They were very curious about medical marijuana. Tell us about medical marijuana and depression. Because I've read some really interesting articles, and I've seen, because I've seen people that consume it. It's legal, guys. Don't worry about it. It's legal. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. <laughs> Nelly, baby. But <laughs> what? But You're just throwing me under the bus here. Anyways. Medical marijuana actually has, it, it shows that it has improved a lot when it comes to depression. Tell us a little bit more on that. So that's a, it's a very new, I would say new, or, or it's becoming more known, right? The, the use of psychedelics in psychotherapy. Um, it's actually that I'm interested in. I may look into that for future professional development. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the thing with, with, uh, psychedelics, right? So weed is a psychedelic. So the thing with that is that, you know how I was talking about the physical body and the mind, right? Uh-huh. So think of it as levels of existence, right? Somebody can exist primarily in the physical realm and the physical world and, and sort of like their, their mind world is very limited in the sense that they don't have that much access to it so this is a person that maybe don't doesn't do a lot of thought thought observation right Mm -hmm. what i was talking about observing your thoughts observing your mind meditation right doing that kind of stuff um so maybe this is a person that's very focused on the physical world and can't really access or doesn't have a lot of access to the internal world with psychedelics, it helps with that. So it helps somebody to sort of like open up that doorway so that the person can begin to have an introspective observation into their internal world, right? So uh-huh. psychedelics help with that. So they help 
with marijuana in particular, I mean, obviously, one of the effects is that it helps you relax, right? Depending mm -hmm. on the kind. So if it helps you relax, you think about it as like it, it sort of drops your defenses. It sort of like opens up your door to the unconscious, right? And so now you have more access to your internal world mm -hmm. and that will allow you to explore and to express whatever needs it's in there whatever needs to be healed so you have a, more access to the internal world so that's one of the things that psychedelics help with but so does alcohol so you wouldn't recommend alcohol over marijuana <laughs> no because <laughs> alcohol it does relax but it also impedes the function of the brain so it mm -hmm. also slows down the the brain activity so it's in not it's sort of like shuts down your brain oh. so so while psychedelics, you know, with marijuana doesn't do that, right? It's marijuana doesn't medicinal. shut down your brain. It's herbal. It's, it relaxes you, but it doesn't close your brain off. It doesn't shut it off. Oh, that makes it's sense. Natural. I've never gotten high. So that I'm still with the stigma that if I, if I smoke weed, I'm going to go to jail. I'm Mexican short, and there's definitely, <laughs> there's a fact that I'm going to, that's the, the second one. The, I got you in April, in, in the next couple of weeks. Really? You're going to do that for me? Secondhand smoke, homie. Okay, because I mean, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say I never get high, because I, I did go to a, a bunch of rock concerts, and, uh, you know, the little smoke happened to, you know, secondhand smoke. I'm just going to, I'm going <laughs> to open it, say it. I'm just going to say it. It wasn't me, though. I mean, in the mosh pit, you pretty much you didn't have the pain until the next day. Like, I think I said in the last segment that, uh, the last week's segment or somewhere that I went to a Metallica concert, I went to see Metallica, and it was amazing. And then I broke my foot, and then I got home, and I was like, this is great. And the next day, I couldn't walk because I broke my foot. But I didn't feel it that day, so it was great. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> now, when do we actually is appropriate to use medicine. Okay, so you try the psychotherapy and, you know, it seems like it's not helping and you do need medication. When do you think it's good to actually do find medication? At what level of, of, of the circles of hell, that's what I call it, circles <laughs> of hell, do you need to be in for you to say, listen, I think you do need medication? So the signs that you may need medication is when you have gone to therapy, right? And have been seeing a therapist, I will say for at least, at the very least, four to eight sessions, right? So you have done, at that is the very, very minimum. So I was if just you thinking have that. done. I mean, like four to eight, done, it's not a lot. It's not a lot, but it gives you an idea of where you are, right? And in four to eight sessions, it will give you, your therapist, an idea of, the progress that you're making, right? So the first thing you should do is listen to your therapist, right? So your therapist will tell you whether he or she recommends medication. But if you don't have, if your therapist doesn't doesn't tell you, you can take initiative, right? So if you have gone to therapy for about two months and you feel no progress whatsoever, no progress, maybe you feel worse, right? And you cannot go to work, so you're not functioning, right? So that is a big sign. If you are not going to work, if you are missing work, missing school, you just can't get out of bed or you just cannot function, that is a sign you may need medication. You've gone to therapy, you don't feel progress, that's a sign you need medication. If it's been more than six months that you've been on therapy consistently and you still don't feel well, you may need medication. The big sign is if you're not functioning, that's what if you you're need. not doing what you have to do, that's a sign you need medication. Now, who will be the most appropriate person to monitor that medication? 
someone that says, okay, we're get, you weight certain amount of pounds, and this is your, medic, your, your dosage, who will be the most accurate one to actually measure that? So, yeah, so I think that's another problem that I was mentioning earlier that a lot of times therapists and the doctors are not working together, right? So (laughs) both of them need to work together because the person that is really treating the depression is the therapist, right? Mm -hmm. But therapists cannot prescribe medication. So the doctor or psychiatrist is the one that's going to prescribe the medication, but the psychiatrist and the doctor are not therapists, so they're not treating the depression. They're just giving you the medication. So I think both are really necessary. Both need to work together to 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 to, to regulate that, to see, you know, are you making progress? Are we reducing? Are we just keeping the same? You know, they need to work together. Now, if you, for our listeners, if you are considering taking medication or going to therapy, which is the reason why we're doing this, I want I want them to have an idea, right? Whether, obviously, if you take therapy and do not take therapy, or if you're weighing in, take medication or not take medication, obviously, it's, it's a very generalized answer. But what will be the scale balance, right, between the two? Where would you say that, it, if you're having therapy and you're not finding the, the proper reason to get medication, what would you say to that person? Like, listen, you might need therapy or you might need the, the medication. But what would be the, the, the weight balance? What would be the, 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 what balances the scale between the two? What would you say to that person? Um, I'm not sure I'm understanding. Yeah, I, it was a little bit confusing. I, I even confused myself. Again, the other person was like, what are you talking about, man? Um, <laughs> You know, obviously, when, we, when we're when we seeing a problem, we always take two things in consideration, right? The, those and the, and the pros and the cons, or mm-hmm. if I do this, then this is going to happen, and blah, 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 right? But if you have someone who who's, needs to be, I wouldn't say persuaded, because I, I don't want them to think that I'm pushing them into this, right? But if if they need a reason why why to consider something more towards one thing or the other, whether it's therapy or the medication, what would you say? Like, even the scale. So, so uh, okay, what I'm understanding is that if so, if somebody is going to therapy and maybe they don't want to take medication, is that what you're asking? Yeah, like because, how? for example, if, if I were to be in that position and, again, if they come to me and say, listen, you're going to gain 50 pounds, right? And I say, no, I don't want to gain 50 pounds. Or you want to l- lose your, your libido, right? Or you won't be able to have sexual intercourse because of X, Y, and Z. If if they ask me, I'll be like, nah, I'm good. I mean, I wouldn't even think about it. Like, nah, I'm good. But there's other people that are like, hey, listen, you know, 50 pounds is not that bad. I mean, I probably will take that over the feeling of, of despair and hopelessness and, and, you know, all the symptoms that come with depression. If, if you have somebody in that position that you need to even out the scale, like, listen, I know how you're feeling and I get it, but consider this and just explain that. What will be the explanation you will give to that person? Okay, so yeah, so a lot of times I do have, like I said before, I do have uh, clients who, who who I think should be medicated because they need that extra help, right? It's just the depression is at that level. We're not seeing any progress, and I know that they need it because it, it's uh, it's just very difficult for them to come out of it, right? Um, and a lot of times they 
don't they don't want to take it because you know they have this idea that I'm gonna be addicted to it or there's gonna be all these side effects and I just don't want to take a drug. You know that makes things really difficult because in that case, if medication is necessary, like it's gonna be really difficult for them to make any progress without it. So. What you're saying is that how do we persuade them or how do we convince them or how do we how do we have someone else to Yeah, at least to even go see a doctor and say, listen, just go hear them out. At least and like advice, I suggest or Yeah. You know, again, if I were in that position and say, Listen, you need you need medication. I mean my advice is listen to your therapist, right? Like that should be your first person that you, you have to trust your therapist, right? If your therapist is recommending that you take medication. I will advise you to listen to your therapist and to follow their recommendations, exactly. right? Because if you're going to a therapist and you're not following their recommendations, then it's then almost like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how would I help you? Help me, help you, man. It's like going, you know, when you go to the doctor because your your leg hurts and your th- doctor tells you, okay, take this medication, and you say, no, I'm, I don't want to take it. But it happens, <laughs> and that's why okay. I'm asking. It happens because, see... Let's say, for example, you have leg pain, right? And and not to be stereotypical, but I hear this more from women. That's what I, that I'm just, by experience, that's what I hear more. And you know where I'm going with this. I have pain. Well, okay, then take some Tylenol. No, I don't like taking medication. And then they have the pain for like three, four, five hours. And I'm thinking, exactly. why wouldn't you want to take medication <laughs> for the pain? I don't know. I don't get, I don't understand. I've, listen, maybe we're less tolerant to pain because we don't have the babies. I don't know. But I've noticed that more from, from women. I mean, I have friends, you know, male friends, that are like, oh, man, you know, my, my kidney A hurts. A lot of times what clients tell me is the, the number one reason for, for them not wanting to take medication is I don't want to be addicted, right? And so with with that argument, it's it's really hard to, to combat that argument because it is true in a sense that you're going to have to take medication for a long time. Like you can't just take it for a month or for a week. You can't do that. If you need medication, you're going to have to take it for at least a year to Uh two years until you're able to decrease the doses, right? So it's really hard to to fight the argument, you know? But that's not an addiction, though. Is it an addiction? I mean, you... Rely, you depend on on it, so it, yeah. it is sort of an Your addiction. Body depends but, it, on it, so but for example, if you had diabetes, right? Uh-huh. Let's say you're diagnosed with diabetes, and you go to the doctor, and the doctor, well, you have diabetes, you need to take this medication for the rest of your life. Yeah, but I mean, are you gonna take it or not gonna take it? I mean, knowing okay. me, I'll take it. Okay, <laughs> if you have diabetes and the doctor tells you take this for the rest of your life, you're probably gonna say okay, because you have diabetes, right? Yeah. Are you going to tell the doctor, well, I don't want to be addicted to the medication? No, 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 of course not. I wouldn't, but I know people but that have. But it's true that you, you are addicted because you need it to survive. Yeah, so that is an it. addiction. Hmm. I'm going to have to observe my, my addictions because I have a lot of addictions. <laughs> alcohol is not one of right. them. I can live without alcohol. Coffee, that's a whole different story. Uh... That's a whole different story, I said. It's a whole different story. <laughs> I mean, I don't An addiction drunk. is... Sorry, I don't get connotation that. obviously to an addiction. There's like that negativity. It's bad to be addicted, right? But we are addicted to many things. Mm-hmm. We're addicted to our phones. We're addicted to our coffee. We're addicted to our That's protein powders, our yes. pre-workout. You know, we're addicted That's to many things, and we don't see it as a negative. Interesting. 
Red Bull, yeah, that was that was a hard one. I had to let that one go. I used to drink TV, social media. <laughs> no TV, no TV, no social media. I don't think so. I think I think yeah, no. Yeah. I have to keep up with the fans. Um, uh-huh. The uh, I think the only two addictions I ever had, and sorry to get off topic, guys, but the only addiction I did have was two: uh, coffee and my video games. One time, my PlayStation broke. I was going to school, and I said, "Listen, I don't need it. I'm not even gonna play it. I'll give you this a week." I was fine. The second week, I was a little quiet, a little more distant, more reserved. The third week, I was completely out. Like, mentally, I checked out. I didn't listen to anyone. I was always in a bad mood. I was in a foul mood. Until, until the month later, I said, listen, I'm going to go buy a PlayStation. I went. I spent 500 bucks, bought the PlayStation, came back home, set it up. I didn't even play it until a month later. But knowing the fact that it was working, I was fine. I was completely fine. That was, I think that was one true hardcore addiction. I can stop. I can stop drinking. By the way, thank you very so much. So not all addictions mm-hmm. are negative. Not all addictions are harmful. See, say that one more time. I want her <laughs> to hear it one more time. Not all addictions are harmful. There you go. See. Okay. Only my crack cocaine. I'm just kidding. I don't do crack cocaine. <laughs> uh, I could be addicted to yoga. There Is you that go. Bad? Are you addicted to yoga? Yeah. Oh, there you go. See, uh, okay. Be good. addicted to, to meditation. It's a good thing you mm-hmm. said that because a lot of, that's another misconception that a lot of people think, oh, she's a therapist. So she has her whole life, all, all life straightened out, and she doesn't have any flaws. And that's, or in this case, you, but in general. I don't have any flaws. No, just <laughs> 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 I was like, what are you talking about, man? Dude, I try, guys. I, I try. But yeah, that's one of the things that that people believe that that um, I met a psychologist that said, listen, uh, I wish I could see you now for, you know, for a conversation we were supposed to, we were supposed to have, and she said, "You know what? But I have an appointment with my psychologist." And I go, "What?" So that kind of threw me off a little bit. But that's something I mean, that it's why also do true. You think people go into the psychology field. So I have that no idea, idea of psychology therapists don't have any flaws. Why do we go into psychology? I have no idea. Because they also have flaws. I, I don't because even we know. We wanna learn. We wanna know what flaws we have. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? See, that's we something. We wanna that... know what's wrong with me. That is the first thing. See, right? <laughs> and that is that is something shocking to me because I mean I wouldn't admit to that. I'd be like, what are you talking? Like you said, I'm perfect. I'm flawless. Like, it's like you know the people that are literally like what, what are they called? What, what's that called when people go online and search and then they wanna self-diagnose themselves with an illness? Hypochondriac. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I I never I never met somebody who has hypochondria. I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, you know, is it interesting? No, because they're literally googling, and then the next thing they, oh my god, I don't feel good. I think I, you know, I'm I'm having a respiratory issue, or I can't breathe, and then I'm like, okay, what's your new illness up for the week? Somebody somebody put on on Google, um, my my engine has X, right? Mm-hmm. And Google said it there's cancer of the of your engine. So that guy believed that his car had cancer. <laughs> that was straight up funny. I was like, no, that's, that's okay, whatever. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to close here for now. And I'm going to leave you with one more, um, one more quote from the blog, okay? Medication without therapy does not cure depression. It prolongs it. After all, it's a drug. And, guys, listen, um, I, I hope you guys have all this information here that you need. Uh, I know it's, it's, a, it's a subject that... Obviously, they've studied for thousands of years, mm-hmm. and and we are we haven't scratched the surface. We're just trying to give you some some information, just so you can you can be aware first of all, and second of all, so in case you are in that in that position where you need to make a choice, whether you need to go to therapy or you need medication, you can listen to this, listen to some cool music, and you know just 
be aware of what's going on. Um, I like doing this. Seriously, this is sort of my therapy. I, I like talking to people. I like learning from people. I actually like to share the information with people because I, I, I just think that we are going to be better if we have that information at hand. Plus, cool music. So mm-hmm. we're going to come back and we're going to close the show, all right? And we'll be back after this. And guys, so we we had a, a great time today. It was a blast. I love having guests. I love having guests. I love having the information, like I said. But what do you think? You haven't said a word. You haven't busted my chops. This is your segment. This is going to be your, your five minutes of fame so you can just tell me whatever I you've been holding on. Nothing? You, no. You know, it's really hard to express myself sometimes, especially when I'm, like, trying to, I don't know, break the information down. It's just really hard for me to <laughs> explain Myself. And also because they put you on the spot. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And you just threw me under the bus today. Yeah. yeah. It it was my turn. You've been doing it for four for four episodes already. Don't worry, I'll get you back next week. Uh, but no, she um listen guys, uh on a serious note, we want to share this information, like I said. But let's take in consideration that that this is a serious matter. Uh a lot of people don't actually take either either they take it to the extreme, in my opinion, they take it to the extreme where it, it becomes it, it paralyzes your life. Or to the, just to the fact that it doesn't make any, it, it doesn't make a difference, right? Like, oh, I can live with it. I can, I can actually go through life with it. it it's fine. It's not gonna, nothing's gonna happen. And then you, people go on with their lives, and and like nothing's going on. And the next thing you know, it just it hits you, right? And then once it hits you, it paralyzes you, and it just knocks you down. And then it's really hard for you to come back from it. And and that's the moment, in my opinion, where you do need to he- seek help. There's nothing wrong with seeking help. Mm-hmm. People have these conditions or these problems or ideas or or negative bias or whatever you want to call it. They have it all the time. It, we're human beings. Yes, we grew up in a generation where we are men and we're not allowed to feel or in a generation where women are supposed to be strong and they're not supposed to have opinions because of X, Y, and Z. And, and that retains a lot, of, a lot of emotions that we don't know how to express or bring out, mm-hmm. right? Listen, guys, guys. Pixar made a movie out of this whole thing. Come on, guys. Really? <laughs> a kid's movie to teach you more about this condition than anybody else. So, Inside Out? Right? Yeah, uh, Inside I love Out. That movie. It was an I amazing love movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. Everybody's like, oh, I love Joy. My, I love Joy. I was like, forget my Joy. Favorite movie. <laughs> no. My favorite movie. I think so too. I think so too. They the, did an excellent job. They did a really good job explaining, like, they presenting, you know, the thought process and all of that. It's mm-hmm. Right? Really good. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, "Oh, I like, I like up." I said, "Yeah, forget up," because I mean, obviously, a dog's not gonna talk, obviously, right? But then inside out, I was like, ah, "I don't like it." And everybody liked Joy. I, I dislike Joy. She was too happy for me. She was too chirpy for me. <laughs> um, I can relate to anger. I'm not gonna lie. But I was a little depressed. Emoji. What was her name again? The sad. sad. Yeah, sad. sad. Sadness. Yeah. I love sadness. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the end of the movie, they actually made a good point. It's like you need a mixture of both. You need a yeah. You need to enjoy the beautiful aspects of life, but also you need to understand that there's gonna be some awful things in life that you're gonna have to adapt and and just let it happen because mm-hmm. you can't yeah. stop life. It's just pretty much how it is. Mm-hmm. Tell me your. I mean, your... they just did a great job just showing the role of sadness, right? So that she has an important role. You know, and that's sort of like the message that I was trying to say, that there is a role for all emotions. Oh, yeah. Especially anger. (laughs) 
Hey, listen, yeah. no, no. Sure has a role, a particular too, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one. Have that another w- segment about anger. Yeah, right? no, that was a really hard for, for me. Okay, people that know me for years know that I was a little bit impulsive. Okay, fine, I was extremely impulsive. Mm-hmm. But I, I, that was something I needed to learn to deal with. And, and that, mm-hmm. that I am going to admit, okay? I was very impulsive. I was very dramatic. That's the word it was always expressed. You're very dramatic. Yes, I was very dramatic. <laughs> you but were? I was very dramatic. <laughs> see, that was that was your shot. I I, I hope you, you so you can see so you can actually feel good. Anyway, yeah, right. I, I I gotta help you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, but yeah, it guys, listen, it did. It really took a long time for me to actually realize that my condition and what was causing the anger. Because one thing that I also learned about about this this whole topic is that depression is not always in sadness. It's oh, it could it, you know present itself. In different aspects of, of, of emotions. Mine, in my case, again, I'm, I was a little bit depressed. I will admit to that. But it was anger. Every time I, I something didn't go my way, I got angry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I will extreme, and it got to a point where I was extremely explosive. And I, and unfortunately to say, I did cause a lot of damage because of that behavior. But that's the reason why I seeked help. And when I seeked help, I they, like Sylvia said, we went into the the deepest, the ninth circle of my hell, where all hell is freeze over. Yay, Dante's Inferno! But um, that's when you start realizing how you can you can come from that perspective and just understand that I'm just a human being. It's the yeah. pressure mm-hmm. of, of thinking that you're not a, that you have to be perfect. It's mm-hmm. tremendous. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, guys, anything else before I close? Um, so basically I want to close with just, you know, having these conversations, um, it doesn't have to be anything shameful. It doesn't have to be, there's nothing, if there's anyone listening to this episode, there's nothing wrong with feeling depressed or thinking Mm -hmm. that you have depression. There is nothing wrong. It's completely human. And you're even, you know, the first thing, like I say, is just seek therapy, talk to a counselor. That's going to be the first step to feeling better. And you don't have to wait until the very last minute, right? It's better when you go for preventive, right? For prevention. Prevention. Um, the first the first therapy session, most likely it's going to be your therapist telling you that it's okay, that it's completely normal to have these emotions, to have these thoughts, to feel depressed. It's perfectly human. It's okay. We all feel it. We all have it at some point. There's nothing shameful about it. There's nothing abnormal. You're not crazy. You're perfectly okay. Um, and seeking help, and you're you're gonna be okay. Awesome, Nelly, baby. Anything close? Yeah. Um, basically, what you guys are putting up, like it's okay to feel. It's mm-hmm. like you said, express yourself, even if it has to be you just mentally shutting down. Because I know when I'm having my my moods, um, I'm not going to say I'm depressed because maybe I was depressed because I did have a severe loss. But um, I, I depressed, I expressed myself with just shutting down and just healing, I guess, internally. Um, mm-hmm. But it's OK to feel it's OK to shut down. It's normal. And, and like Sylvia said, look for help, ask for help. Um, and sometimes, you know, your inner circle can be the actual help that you need sometimes. It's, it all depends on how the severe it might be, but it's okay to feel. It's okay to express. It's the way of life. Yes, because I, I think that's very crucial for people to understand that 
Uh, again, serious. Now you see my voice dropping. Uh, again, yes, um, it's very important for you guys to realize that that it it is possible to seek help. That's the reason why we're doing this. Seek help. Make sure you get. Uh, I I think that it's important for you to actually connect with a really good therapist. Some people just don't click, uh, and and it's okay. It's not that you're, there's something wrong with you. It's not something wrong with her or, or that she's not capable or he's capable. It's just that sometimes you just, you know, people are people and you just don't click. But there's mm-hmm. some other therapists that are really good at, at, how, at how to approach things and, and you can get a good benefit out of it. I, that's what yeah. I think, right? Address so, your resistance, right? So if, if you think that you're not looking for therapy because you think it's too expensive, there's all kinds of therapists out there. There's all different methods. Mm-hmm. There's different price levels, right? So there's always someone available. Don't think that it's too expensive. Don't think that it's too uh, unavailable. There is a lot of help out there and a lot of therapists. Are you, st- are you doing uh, telehealth conferences or... Or are you doing already in person? Telehealth. Telehealth? Okay. So is your number the one where they can reach you in case they need something? Yes. Okay. So, guys, her information, Sylvia's information, and obviously her email, it's Sylvia at Sylvia, S-L-I-V as in Victor, I-A-V-I-L-A dot com. That's that's her email. And her telephone number is 773-850-7366. If you guys need anything... Please, guys, she's, she's very good at what she does. I, I love having her as a guest. She educates us a lot. We talked about a little bit of racism, and we talked about um, suicide as well in the Spanish podcast, and now we're having this, this talk about depression. And, again, the, the invitation for any topic that you want to cover, please be my guest, and you can just go ahead and, and send it. We can definitely touch it. All right, guys? I would like to close with two songs. The, actually, I did save these two songs, and they're by The Interrupters. And I love those two songs. One is Take the Power, and the other one is You Can't Find a Better Friend Than Me. I don't know why. I just decided to play those two. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next week, thank you for joining us again. And peace out. Bye. You want, you want to say bye? bye? Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. Later. Uh, I forgot my password. Hey, do you know my password? No. I'm just kidding. You shouldn't know my password. All right, guys. Later. <laughs> bye. Bye. Bye.